Oh, man. I'm trying to shake it off, Kev, but I'm hurting. You got to do it. Episode number 23. 23. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Catch me in the corner eating leftovers. That's true. That's true. You know what they say, episode 23. Nobody likes you when you're 23. Nobody does like you. As Mark Hoppus told me a long time ago. He was a legend. Yes. Uh, speaking of legends, we have two phenomenal guests this week. My boy Dan, my boy Dave Delachase from Holidays Comics, and Andrew Sel. Uh, I ruined his name again. I said it right on the interview. It's Szyslinski, Szyslinski, Andrew Szyslinski from Holidays Comics. You can chalk up your butchering of these poor guys' names to the fact that you have a head cold. I do. I do. I'm hurting. You're so running bad. a fever. I know. I can tell. I'm so bad. All right, dude. You the cast. We're here, guys. I'm working on it. I'll do better. Uh, yes, drink the Alka-Seltzer. That looks gross. I've never taken Alka-Seltzer. It seems like a scam. Is that a real thing? Look oh, no. Oh, God, no. Alka-Seltzer. that grit on the bottom of the cup. Oh, that's the remainder of the Alka-Seltzer after it dissolves into the water. But the medicine dissolves into the water as well. You don't have to drink up all that part. The medicine's in the effervescence. What if that's the medicine? It's tasty. It's <laughs> a nice delicious. <laughs> Whatever, man. Alka-Seltzer's a scam. It's a placebo effect, maybe. Who knows? You're right. Listen, I, you know what it was? It was I didn't want to take the NyQuil because then it was going to be the Sleepy Podcast. It would be a very interesting podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We face down drooling on the keyboard. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we're happy to have you here. Uh, no Higgins this week, sadly. Oh. But we called in a duo of Uticast celebrities. Reinforcements. We've got yeah. all sorts of people coming on today. Um, so before we get too far in anything, uh, I want to update you all on our GoFundMe. The Operation Uticast, we're up to $165. Doing yeah. well. We're getting there. That's good. It's not great. <laughs> no, 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 it's certainly not. It's not the best we've ever done. But hey, 14 days, 165 bucks. as we mentioned. No matter what we get, we're going to donate it. So, yeah, 100%. Uh, but I do want to talk about a huge change in the standings. We announced last week on the show that whoever the largest donor to the causes would get to be a guest on the show. And we had talked about last week on the show how my sister, my wonderful sister Liz, was the leader on the board with $40. And so this weekend, I was I was speaking with my brother, and I was talking to him, like, yeah, you know, we're doing this cool thing with the show, you know, where whoever puts the most on gets to be on the show. He's like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, who's in the lead? I'm like, oh, Liz is in the lead. Our sister Liz, Andy, is in the lead. And he's like, is she? How much is it? I'm like, well, you know, she gave 40 bucks. He pulls his phone right out of his pocket, and he immediately gave $41. <laughs> so now my brother Andy is in the lead, pledging one more dollar than my sister Liz to be on the show. It's such a power move. <laughs> it's, it's so, like, I, I clapped when, you, when I saw it. I gave him a slow clap to myself in oh, my house. Wow. It's such, like, a Price is Right move. Like, that's that move. I don't know if she'll know until she listens to the show, but she's behind that episode. She, she might never find out. She'll never know. Well. And you know what's funny, too? We have another listener, uh, a friend of mine, Jeremy Williams, who donated... $39 out of respect because he didn't want to outbid Liz. That was a nice one. And then, like, Andy says, nah. <laughs> nah. None of that. Eh-eh, he says. Aww. So, uh, Andy is in the lead. Uh, again, folks, I'll start pumping it again this week. Um, anything you can spare, $1, $2, $3, anything uh, is good. We'll do our best um, to help the good people of this city in the holiday season. Yeah. Speaking of the holiday season, uh, Thanksgiving was... Uh, How was your Thanksgiving? Can I be totally frank with you? Uh, okay. Not great. No. No. Not, not for any specific reason. Not for any specific one single event. Uh-huh. But I build up Thanksgiving every year as being a really excellent time, and uh, it just didn't... I think everyone in my family at this point in time in their life is so busy and caught up in their own struggles Yeah, that there wasn't a lot of time for like genuflecting and reflection and and enjoyment. Like There was a lot of like, ah, it's time to feed the kids. Like, oh, here we go. Here's, uh, you know, grandma's got to go back to the home. And then like, oh, we got to 
Yeah. You got airports in the morning and everyone, it was just, there was never really any moment at any point in time this whole Thanksgiving where I actually got to sit down and look around and see my family and go, yeah, yeah, it just didn't happen this year. And I don't, I don't know why. It was my uh, my Thanksgiving was a little bit bizarre because it was good. I had, you know I had a good day. I got to spend a lot of you know fun time with family. But you know like like I don't know if I mentioned it directly on the air last week. But you know we've talked about it in the last year, literally specifically things since Thanksgiving last year. We've lost a lot of family members in my family yeah. and family members who are you know pillars of the family. Not mm-hmm. that any one family member is more important, but. Everybody's got, you know, that aunt whose house everybody gathers at or, you know, everybody's got, you know, parents, stuff like that. So it was just bizarre this year because you could, without even necessarily, like, talking about it, my family's got a pretty good, you know, hook on it. Nobody was sitting there being all weepy. We were laughing and telling fun stories, you know, because yeah. that's all you can really do. But there was definitely ghosts all over Thanksgiving oh, this year, yeah. looming presences. But you know what? I got to say, um, my cousins, my, my cousins did a great job stepping up in, in the role of my aunt and putting together Thanksgiving with, you know... And just all this stuff, and it was crazy to see, you know, just every... It's crazy to watch the cycle, to be old enough to watch life go through cycles. Because when you're younger, you're 15, 16, you haven't been alive long enough and paying attention long enough to see life go through a cycle. But it's weird to watch them, you know, like to watch my cousins, who I still think of, you know, playing in the sandbox in the pool when we were little kids, become, you know, these incredible women who are commandeering Thanksgiving dinner for, you know, 30 drunk Irish people. It's funny, we didn't, uh, normally when we do the show, we have a chance to, like, get together and talk about this stuff beforehand, but we actually didn't see a whole bunch of each other over this weekend, all things considered. We, yeah, for the most part. Like, we, we were sort of, you know, I didn't see you on Thanksgiving necessarily all that much till later True. on in the yeah, evening. Yeah. Uh, we had that wedding on Saturday, which mm-hmm. we were at together, but, uh, you know, we were both doing our own thing. Yeah, we happened to be at the same reason. table, but yeah, I don't think yeah. I talked to you all night, really. Uh, and then, you know, and then Sunday, but it... It's weird. I didn't really ask you about Thanksgiving because I did think about that. This was probably this was your first time without without yeah. Larry around for Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, and it was um, it was weird. It was yeah. just, it was a strange thing. And like I said, because normally you know, previous years and we go to uh, one aunt's in the morning, and then my dad's in the middle of the day, then my other aunt's later mm-hmm. at night. And we lost all three of those people this year. Like all three of the people whose houses we go to on holidays weren't there. So it was just weird to have to reboot all of your traditions at once. Right. You know what I mean? I it was, it was a strange thing. And, like, you know, there was definitely, you know, some some sadness to the day or whatever. But, you know, by that same token, I, I'm so lucky to have the family that I have and the life that I've been given. So I really can't complain. Thanksgiving was pretty good. Um, all the food was incredible. You know what the tough thing is about Thanksgiving, too? Because normally you got to stop at a bunch of different people's houses. By the time it comes time to eat the Thanksgiving meal, you're so stuffed that you're like, oh, okay, I can have one bite and then I'm done. No, I was ready to go. I'm ready to go for like, I couldn't. I was like, oh, I'm going for two plates. I'm going for three. No, this year I was done at like seven o'clock. I had mm-hmm. nothing. I really. This was a very, very lackluster Thanksgiving, and um, I do want to tie it into something. Um, you know, yeah. I won't go too. I won't go too deeply into this. Uh, we had a minor tragedy over the weekend, um, and I'm not going to go too deeply into it. But especially around the holidays, do something. Just just call someone you care about. And tell them you care about them. Yeah. Because it's real easy to forget to do it. And it's real easy to forget the people who are important in your life. Um, and sometimes you don't have a chance to to say what you want before that time is not there. And, and also, furthermore, um, I think the holidays especially can be a really overwhelming time for a yeah. lot of people. Oh, yeah. And if you're having a tough time or feeling disconnected, you should reach out to somebody, anybody, because there's... No matter how bleak you think your life is, I don't think I know anybody who doesn't have somebody that cares about them or have people that care about them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's just, you know. It, it's, it's so easy to get to get sucked down. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a hectic time of year and there's so much pressure. For sure. Uh, not everyone, I don't know. Not everyone I handles just, pressure the same way, I guess. Just be nice to the people you love, folks. Do something, do something nice. Um Let's take a break. I'm I'm ready to do something. I need a beer after this, man. Definitely beer thirty. Oh, uh, is it beer thirty? Cheers, buddy. Oh, yeah. Why are oh. you making those noises with the beer? That's bizarre. It's because I'm trying to sell myself on what could be the worst Sam Adams beer I've ever drank in my life. You We're gonna take a break. Drinking, it, it's all we have. We bring it to.
that's one of the toughest parts about holidays is people bringing up a small beer over thinking they're doing you a favor. This this beer, and I did you a disservice by taking the last you see in the well, fridge. So I can't let you drink a sandwich. I wouldn't. Out of principle, I wouldn't. I would drink seltzer. And I got to tell you, this is not refreshing. No, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Uh, okay, before we um, we introduce our, our special guest for this segment, I just want to talk real quick. I got an email before we started the show today from a uh, friend of the show and former guest Ryan Miller. Uh, we've been talking about Uber on the show a little yeah, bit on and off for the last couple weeks. Uh, and this is a letter from him, so I'll read it to you guys. Hey, guys, wanted to give you a quick heads up. There will be a press conference and Q&A with the folks from Uber happening at Thinkubator this Thursday at 10 a.m. Oh, that's awesome. Until probably 1130 or so. It's invite only. I have some spots for folks who want to attend, blah, blah, blah. So if you want to be involved, um, reach out to Ryan Miller at the Thinkubator, thinkubator.co. All right. I remember that because he doesn't have the M. Uh, we have, uh, you were a guest on the show before as an interview. I was. But now you're on as, I guess, reinforcements. As something else, yeah. Covering for your best friend, Aaron Higgins. Aaron Nushu's substitute. Who talks about you constantly on the show. Know. You know That's that? about the only thing she talks about on the show, to it's be fair. It's crazy how <laughs> she, she talks about you. Um, Kate Riley. Katie Hello. Riley. Catherine Hello. Riley. All things. All of them. Brady, sometimes. So it's a busy holiday season for you right now. You get a lot of oh stuff my going. God. A lot my, of balls in the air. My head is is spinning sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's good. You know, like mm-hmm. everyone's always like, "Oh, you're so busy," but it's it's good busy. You know. Kate, you do tons of work for the city. You work with Chamber of Commerce. You work with Catalyst Group. You have out with Maiden Utica work for a long time. Um, how did you get started? Why do, why do you like doing so much stuff for the city? Like I know I know why you do. But. Well, really, it started through my job. I was, you know, hired right out of college. It's a family company. I work for New York Sash, and uh, you know, it's a family company. I never intended to stay there, but I just got so involved in so much stuff outside of just like home improvements. We do a lot with the community. We have a community-based TV show, and we do a lot with the Chamber of Commerce. So. Um, after about my, I don't know, fifth or sixth year there, Scott told me to, my boss, Scott asked me to start going to some community stuff representing our company. So I basically just started showing up to stuff and met the right people and people asked me to get involved. You are possibly the most overbooked person in the entire Oh, I have a hard time saying that. You're certainly pretty close. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the Toys for Teens, um, I don't know what you would call it, it's a movement, <laughs> fund, <laughs> a fund, fund. fundraiser, yeah. that you're doing in collaboration with Operation Sunshine. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I've been on the Operation Sunshine Committee, that, that's a hard word to say. It is. <laughs> um, for, for a while, because of some other reasons, but uh, this year we found out that one of the biggest disadvantaged groups is actually young teens, like older kids, nine and up. So I was trying mm-hmm. to think of what I could do to help them. And I decided, basically, I decided to throw a party for them. Mm-hmm. So we are hosting a, an event called the Jingle Jam at the Dev on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And every single bit of money we make from tickets are going to go right into helping these kids. Now, I think this is a great idea. Uh, I love the idea that you presented and I'm over the fact that I accidentally invented it as well months I know, after you came up with I it. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I stole uh, that from you. He was so mad. He was like, because he had been talking about it a couple days before. He was like, yeah, I want to throw like this big charity party and we'll do it at the Dev and we'll have bands and it's this and that. It's a good idea. It's like, days later, you're nuts. Yeah. Like, he's like, is it, is it wrong that I'm kind of mad? I'm like, is it wrong that Katie's doing the same thing that you never told her you had an idea for? Yeah, it's a little wrong. No, I like, <laughs> I'm the same wavelength. I don't know. It made me, I, I have to say, I think it's a great idea. Um, a lot of times, and especially in this kind of holiday season, and it's one of the things I've noticed. We've been doing the the Operation Uticast with Operation Sunshine as well, which is yeah, you know, all going to the same. All... I'll go into the toys for for teens and toys for pets. So. I was really, I was, I I was very struck when you told me, Katie. I remember we were talking one night. You were talking about you know some of the you know stuff you're doing. I never really thought about it because I've taken part in Toys for Tots stuff and I've donated yeah. stuff to Toys for Tots and things like that. But you don't think about the fact that, you know, if you give toys for tots, like, a teddy bear and, like, what you think of when you think traditionally of toys. Yeah. 
well, if I'm a 13-year-old underprivileged kid, I certainly don't want, like, these little kid toys, but mm-hmm. I am certainly don't care about, like, cans of soup either. So yeah, it's right. like that middle ground, that really is a group that you never think about that never really gets serviced. I know. It, it's really terrible. And, and the good thing about this is um, it's it's being it's earmarked under a fund under Toys for Tots. And why they're great is that a lot of people have this misconception that Toys for Tots is national and your money just goes somewhere. Everything you donate through them stays in, in this in Utica in this area that they serve. Mm, and nice. you know, if you go to Toys R Us and buy a basketball, mm-hmm. you know, what you spent with that money they could buy like five basketballs because right. they're a national huge Marine Corps based organization. So really by donating money to this, you're like doing even more. I mean it's great when you donate a basketball, but this right, is, right. actually goes stretches way farther. Yeah, I can imagine. And and Utica. They're all Utica and surrounding area kids. That's a nice thing because there's a lot of charities out there that, you know, everybody I mean, it's tough. You would be you would go poor giving to every charity that you would ever want to give to. But like a lot of these charities that people give to, you give to these large national charities and it goes to help like some really, you know, abstract like person that you can't tangibly see. And I love the idea about this that it helps people here in the community mm-hmm. and that every money you give is going to affect a change on the same streets you drive down and stuff like that. That's a really cool factor in it. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one of the things I appreciate about it actually is especially in this holiday season, and it's not a knock, this is the season it is. There's a ton of charity and and events going on for this. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of and a lot of times mm-hmm. you don't see where your money goes. This is an event that you can actually be at and take a part in and feel like you're doing something with other people who are doing things. And it's it's nice to it's nice to have that positivity spread in one event like this. I think it's a great idea. And and just a few details about the actual event. Um mm-hmm. Tim over at the Dev, I love him. He's uh, doing some taco. Well, I guess Dan is actually doing the tacos. So we're yeah. going to have a taco bar. We're going to have some of those drunken cupcakes that are so awesome. Oh, man. Uh, a band is playing, my good friend Julia and Mr. Mike Galimi, who's a oh. previous podcast President guest. of the Common Council. President of the Common Council. As he they're... described himself, competent musician. That's what he <laughs> yes. described himself as. They're All the best ones them, always do. Their dad and their uncle, they're coming to play under this cool new project that Julia is doing um so there'll be live music and we have some cool raffle prizes from the comets the topping tree um you can win a kirby's gift certificate saranac there's all kinds of stuff and some tickets to the teddy bear toss that's coming up next weekend teddy bear toss is a fun event we'll be talking a little bit more about teddy bear toss on next week's episode before i let you go though um and again folks jingle jam event will be at the dev on december 3rd it is not sold out yet it's sold out it is yet? not sold out. Um, tickets are available online. Uh, you can tweet at me. I'll bring you some. I, and you can pay at the door, too. And I actually have two for you guys to give away. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. Excellent. Folks, I'm going to come up with this, a way we can give those away. Yeah, yeah just we'll, put you guys on the spot. But you got tickets. No, we'll, th- we'll, th- we'll, th- we'll think about that during, um, during the interview. We'll do some sort of giveaway. Now, I, uh, I want to ask you something before we let you go. Mm-hmm. I talked to you a little bit on Thanksgiving via text. And I casually asked you if you were going out shopping oh. for Thanksgiving oh, afterwards. Man. And you told me that not you were going out after Thanksgiving and you were going out hard. Yeah, I, yeah, okay. So <laughs> I heard, I listened to the podcast last week, all those so pictures, I'm a little All afraid. those pictures that I see with you of these beautiful nieces and nephews I am a little this wonderful afraid. family who need to create memories and you're out there getting screaming deals at Target. Listen, screaming deals. I was at my mom from 11 a.m. <laughs> until my family left at 8.30. They go, my sisters, uh-huh. they bring their kids home, they put them to bed at 9 o'clock. Then we went out at 9.30. I went to Best Buy. There was no one there. It was, like, calm. I got myself a nice TV. I, st- I only stayed out till, like, 12.30, so three hours. My mom and my sister came home at 5.30. Oh, breakfast. Like, where do you go? Like, what even? Well, they're, they're at uh, what my sister likes to call Santa Claus meetings. So they have young kids. That's so, fair, you know, that's they're, fair, they got a lot of... Different things. So that's honestly, better. like I told you, it's like a tradition for me. It's like bonding with my mom and yeah, my sisters. No, that's, that's cool. I it's guess. funny when you told me I was aghast. I, I was like, oh no! Was like, <laughs> but the way you made it seem like it was like a cool family yeah, event. tradition. I'm I, more sh- of a, I should have known if it was something you were doing, it'd be fine. Yeah. But yeah. still, <laughs> I'm more of a Cyber Monday, which is actually today. Today was Cyber Monday, which is the. I read I read a funny uh, funny article somewhere today, and they were talking about how everything called Cyber Monday. They're like, you know, for young millennial kids, that just means like. 
awesome deals on Mondays. If you're past a certain age, yeah, if you're in a certain age window, different. cyber is like a dirty word for people of a certain generation. Like cyber. Uh, yeah. A couple of our more uh, more regular commenters on Twitter had a couple of things to say about that today. Did I they, I've, yeah. I've been so yeah. busy at work that I've been um, on Twitter. Kate, thank so, you so much. Wait a minute, much. I got, a, I got yeah. a question before we let her go. What was the so the TV? Was that the best thing you got on Black Friday? What was the best deal you got? Um, what was the best bought, deal you saw? It was a pretty good deal. Thirty inch for one thirty, and I got. Actually, I got a speaker for my phone that's like Bluetooth speaker. Nice. Now, mind you, and uh, that was like fifty bucks regularly, one hundred. So I don't know. I saved up. There you go. All of this was gifts for other people. For me, no, these are all gifts for me. Okay, right, right, okay. Okay, right. I'm just saying because I don't. I did I don't, buy a Barbie and a fire truck, though. I don't. I don't have. I don't have a Bluetooth speaker for my phone. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a Barbie. So um, <laughs> that's a lie. Okay, Riley. Thank you so much. We Thanks appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for time. having me. Always for just a doing, pleasure. Doing all the stuff you do as well. Thank you. Thank you. The underrated superstar. Uh, we so have, now wait, we're going to introduce the interview right now. Are you going to get both names right? No. That's the no. question. Are uh, you going to get both names I've already right? called Dave Delachase, Dan Delachase once today. Dave and Dan are similar names, and we know both those I names. I do know both of them. Uh, Dave Delachase and Andrew Selinsky. That's pretty good. So Andrew Selinsky and Dave Delachase came over to the house, and we had a... A fascinating conversation for me. I have a little bit of history of being a comic book nerd. Um, we had a great time talking about their brand new holidays comic and the trade paperback. It's on Amazon now. Um, check it out. They're really, really, really cool dudes. We'll be right back. told me you were coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and joining us is Dave Delachase and Andrew, I'm going to screw your last name up, Solinsky? You got it. Right? Wow. <laughs> Good. I'm like the name, I'm like George Costanza. Uh, no, uh, and they're here representing Holidays Comics, uh, which is really cool for me. I'm a, I'm a comic nerd at heart. Oh, um, awesome. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware of it. <laughs> um, but I had two specific people ask me about uh Something to bring up with you, and I want to start off with the Notre Dame High School Jugglers. Ah, yes, yes, gosh, many, many lives ago. Yeah, I went to Notre Dame High School in Utica, and um, that was back when I was uh, doing a lot more uh, artistry, I guess, uh, you know, before yeah. meeting Andrew and, and, heard the story. and uh, <laughs> handing the reins over. And I had to, uh, one of the things I, I had done was uh, they wanted murals. They were, they not really murals, they wanted these giant versions of like the jugglers with the yeah. mascot paint on the walls and so like i had spent a summer with some friends of mine helping um like using like repelling gear because there was no scaffolding that could get up the ceiling so we had to borrow repelling gear <laughs> and i literally <laughs> hung from the rafters and repelling gear and was like painting the mascots onto the wall um and there was there was always like um uh, you know, I was about 16, 17 at the time, something probably like 17 at the time. And, you know, you're hanging from the wall and you're trying to, you're trying to draw. And so you're doing the best you can. Sometimes, <laughs> um, you, this, you know where this explanation is going. Sometimes it's, it's hard to get um, all, all the perspective right that you want. Yes. And so um, the female juggler ended up a little bustier than I had intended. <laughs> and that became something that, I don't want to say plagued me for the rest of my high school <laughs> career, but everyone would be like, oh, God, I, it seems check like out the chest like on that jungler. I had to get that story out before before we got into it. Totally uh, unintentional, but it, it's uh, it's never left to me. That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> and also, before we get into anything proper, I wanted to uh, throw this at you, because I was thinking about this when you guys were over here, and I want to make sure you're the artist and you're the writer. Uh, D- Dave, you're the writer, and Andrew, you're the artist. Correct. Yes. You were yep. just at Fox Prowlcon. Yes. I saw your thing. How did that go? It was okay. It was all right? Yeah, it wasn't bad. You got to meet the guy who did uh, Salacious Crumb yeah. in Star Wars. That was pretty cool. All right. He did the voice of Salacious Crumb in Return of the Jedi. Cool. Was, had drinks with him all night, Friday night. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I see you have the R2-D2 band-aid on. Which yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I was thinking about this. I have the, the writer and the artist here. And I wanted to present you with this book that I have read before. And maybe, I've always wanted you, to read, have you read this book. No, but I've always wanted to. All right. To. So this is The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which is a really fascinating fascinating fictional story about it's basically about the guys who created superman 
but it's a fictionalized account of like 1930s New York and the story of the friendship between this writer and uh, the writer was foreign and the and the uh, and the artist is American the other way around mm-hmm. and it's just a really amazing story and it's the first thing I could think of when you guys got here I was like oh man I gotta show them this book I gotta make sure that they know what this is before they leave oh great. Um, but that's it let me, <laughs> let me move on let me move on to some actual uh, interview stuff so uh, you went to Notre Dame I would assume yes, yes. yep. Andrew, where did you, you also Notre Dame? No, I went to uh, Proctor. You're a Proctor guy. Yeah, what year? Uh, I graduated in 1980. 1980. All right. I'm right. 1980. What am I thinking? <laughs> it's 2000. Yeah. 2000. Geez, I was gonna say, man, you look great. Oh, you're really old. Yeah. You look great. Graduated in 1980. I was thinking about it. I was like, I was like, holy. All right. So, so you guys are Notre Dame and Proctor. I'm a Proctor guy myself. How did you guys meet initially? Did you guys know each other when you were younger, or did you like run around later in life? We it was more like like adult life. We had mutual friends in like comic circles. And, right. you know, I mean, we had all gone as in, in a group to, like, some cons together. There was the infamous uh, Toronto, uh, Fan Expo in Toronto that, like, a group of us all piled five of us in a car uh, several, you know, many, many moons ago. And, um, and uh, you know, so we'd, we'd been, you know, friends, but I guess you'd say more like peripheral friends, right? We kind of, like, you know, through other people. Um, right. And then uh, a friend of ours, mutual friend, one day had uh, – I was having coffee with him, uh, my uh, friend Larry, and he, he had said um, – you know, you know, uh, you know, you're you're looking to write something. I was really like looking for some kind of outlet, something to write, because uh, I was working in news at the time. I just wanted something different to write that wasn't news copy. And he said, you know, well, you should try writing a comic. I was like, yeah, well, you know, I've been uh, submitting scripts. You know, nothing's come about. And he said, well, you know, get together, go have coffee with Andy. And you know, he wants to, you know, he wants to draw something. You don't want to work on something. So we had uh, coffee, and the rest is history. And Dave, you were working for the news at the time. Yes. Yeah. What were you? Were you? Were you into comics at the time? Were you already drawing, Andrew, or were you just sort of? Doing regular job stuff like life jobs. Both. I was yeah. uh, I was actually working at Ravenswood Comics for a while. Oh yeah. I was doing auto body work, painting cars, all the while doing artwork and making submissions mm-hmm. for like Marvel, DC, and all the publishers and sending them around and getting you know the numerous rejection letters. <laughs> so stressful. And then, uh, it was it was stressful, but a learning experience, you know. And then uh, met up with Dave. And here we are. And uh, and the holidays comic is your brainchild. This concept you guys came up with this idea together, or it's evolved. It, it evolved. It's evolved. The general idea was definitely David's, mm. and then uh, we built it together from there. Yeah, yeah. I, I had originally uh, back in like two thousand one, two thousand two, something like that. I, I'd been in uh, in Massachusetts. I was going to school for filmmaking and screenwriting, and mm. I had thought of this idea for a short film I wanted to do. Um, and I was, I was talking to a friend of mine and said, I really want to do like a Christmas special for adults. But like, you know, and, and it was this whole thing about a bar where all the holiday characters hang out and it was, you know, had the name, the name was there, Holidays. Um, but luckily uh, for me, it didn't pan out as a film because mm-hmm. then the idea just kind of like sat there for uh, many years. And when uh, Andrew and I were having coffee that day, that infamous first day pitching ideas back and forth, nothing was really hitting. And then like, for some reason, this idea for this film that never happened popped into my mind and I pitched to him and he was like okay I like it and we went back and forth developed it some more and and uh, went from there so hmm. I liked it being like a big fan of Cheers oh, TV show I'm a huge Cheers fan I'm so shows, glad you said you know? that so as soon as David threw it at me I was like I love it I was <laughs> are you like me I prefer the coach era of Cheers before Woody Harrelson I, I like them both I just I didn't really care for Diane that much. You didn't like Diane? Yeah, oh, I still... Like, oh. Oh, see, I Even still, the finale, she came back. I was like, oh, it's Diane. She's see, back. I'm, I'm like a late-era hipster, so Diane is hot again now. <laughs> she's come back around. I'm like, oh, Diane. I didn't say she was oh, bad looking. Diane. I, I couldn't stand for her. I think my favorite era... Well, nothing against Coach is probably the, the post-Coach era only because of, of one reason, and that's Frasier and Lilith. That Frasier's is, underrated, yeah. And I, it's funny because I remember, my, we're getting off track on Frasier, but <laughs> I remember as a kid, like, my parents would watch Frasier, mm-hmm. and that was on in, like, that post-school, like, five to, like, four to six range where we'd be eating dinner and watching TV, and I didn't, I remember Frasier as a kid be like, I don't get this, this doesn't make any sense to me, <laughs> but I felt very sophisticated watching it. Um, I'm glad you brought up that you initially wanted to pitch this as a film because I, I'm curious, like, have you had people approach you, the license at all, to utilize it in any other way? Have you thought about that? Uh, we've thought about it, and we're certainly, we're certainly open to <laughs> yeah, that. Somebody wants yeah, to. Well, I'm glad uh, you said it because me and, me and uh, Justin Parkinson, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Maiden Utica himself, we're talking about this beforehand about, like, uh, you know, intellectual property and, like, licensing. It's like this – I could see this being a very, like, edgy, like, HBO series. It's like a dark comedy in a weird way, right? Like, well, thank you. Oh, well, you're very welcome. <laughs> but, but, like, 
would you fear losing control of the license at the same time, like losing control of your this property that you've built and cultivated? I think that's that's always a, an inherent fear, but I think it would you know uh, it would all depend on on who you're working with, who approaches you, what the what mm. the pitch is. Sure. I mean, if somebody you know came to us and said we want to do holidays a TV series, but um we're going to take it out of the bar and it's you know going to be on a playground and they're all well, going to be you know babies. Really yeah, 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 you know exactly. th- that would you know, be a deal breaker. So I think it would all depend on who it was and the pitch they made, certainly. Were you guys always comic fans? Like, even before, like, when you were working your other jobs, you grow oh, up and stuff? Absolutely. Yes, totally. Oh, yes. I can remember not having a comic book in my hands. <laughs> yeah, in the same way. <laughs> Early years, my father bought me comics. I have drawings in kindergarten of, like, Captain America copying, like, Jack Kirby that I did. I'm like... <laughs> See, I didn't buy a lot of comics as a kid um, just because we didn't, like, we didn't have a ton of money. I did create a bunch of comic book characters as a kid. Uh, even, I, even, even I know, like they were all they're all very humorous in hindsight. But I sort of comics sort of became a late era resurgence for me when I got into reading uh, graphic novels. And I see you have the trade paperback. Yes. The, uh, your trade paperback is now for sale on Amazon. Amazon.com. Yeah, and that's uh, that's awesome. I saw that actually before I got on here. That's really exciting. But do you like? Do you prefer having? Uh, I know a lot of comic things are going to digital format. I know you guys do digital format as well. Do you feel like there's a benefit to doing the digital as opposed to having it on print? Or are you, like, pure, I feel like as a purist, you want to have that copy in your hand. From a production standpoint, yeah. digital is, there's there's so much less overhead with, yeah. with digital yeah, you don't sense. have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas print, there's all kinds of things you have to take into consideration and your profit margins are smaller mm-hmm. with, with print. Of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, you know, Andrew and I both are, are kind of like we grew up with paper comics in our hands, so there's just something about holding an actual paper between comic. pages. Yeah. Well, that's right. Like even like looking at the like the comic is on the table in front of us. Not that the listeners can see that, <laughs> but but even looking at it, there's like a palpable like oh yeah, this there's this thing <laughs> that I have, and there's like a it's there's a beginning and the end. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you feel like you created something more when you're holding it in your hands. Yeah. Do you remember your first comic book of, of merit? I do. I do. No, I do not. Do not? <laughs> well, you can take this one. Um, my, I was probably about five, and um, my grand, my uh, grandmother used to keep a stack of old comics in the closet for when any of the kids were sick. Yeah, and they were all from like the the seventies mm. uh, or sixties. And I remember being home from school sick one day, and my parents were at work. And she just kind of like handed this for the first time, handed this stack of comics over, and had everything from some like old seventies, like you know, Brave and the Bolds with uh, Batman oh, and a bunch of people. But the one that I that was the top of the pile that I read first was actually a, a an Uncle Scrooge book. Yeah, and it was called uh, North of the Yukon, and it, it was great because it was they were like you know traveling through the Arctic and trying to to get this. <laughs> This uh, this object that was going to save Scrooge's fortune, and it was just it was great because it was just classic globe trotting adventures, and it just sucked me into not only the the what I call the gateway uh, mm-hmm. a drug for a little kid of comics, which is the you know Disney Ducks, but um, you know it just opened up the whole world of comics to me, and then from there it just everything you know the floodgates opened, and then it was Batman, Superman, the Flash, and everybody. See, I feel like I was right on the tail end. Um of, like, going to a comic book store and having, like, a mailbox that they set aside for my comics for, like, the month. Like, I, I actually, there was a period of time right, I think it was right before, like, there was a, I don't even remember what it was called anymore. It wasn't Ravenswood, because I always remember, like, Ravenswood being the other comic book store, like, down by the Stanley at the time. Right. But there was another comic book store in the New Hartford Shopping Center for a weird period of time in the, the mid- comic zone. Is that the Comic okay. Zone? Was it was the same band? Comics Channel? Plus. There was back comics Plus, maybe? It was one of those ones. Yeah, yeah. I remember I used to have a mailbox there, and I used to get the Dark Horse Godzilla King of the Monsters comic that came out, because I was a huge guy. I'm still a huge Godzilla mark. Godzilla's back. He's back, I know, right? I watched that movie. I watched that movie on HBO. It's very boring. It's very boring. Uh, but I, I actually remember the old Archie comics Ninja Turtles that they had, because there was the Mirage Ninja Turtles, but then there was like the comic book kids version, and I loved that as a kid. But I remember buying it and being out of the story flow. So I just you dropped into some really insane late era Ninja Turtle story where they're wearing like different costumes and there's a floating cow head in the sky. It's very strange. <laughs> and yet, oddly, that was not the weirdest Archie crossover because around that same era, probably I remember there being um, Archie, Archie meets Punisher. 
Yes. And it was uh-huh. Punisher was, was hunting uh-huh. a, a a killer or a thief or somebody who went and hid at a Riverdale school dance. And so that was the excuse they used the Marvel and Archie comics used to get those characters together. Well, they, they just did Archie makes like Sharknado. Yeah. Archie's back now. I see everything. I see. Coverage. I love Archie. There's nothing wrong with Archie. There's like I see coverage on like major news sites about the new Archie comic. Though. Yes. How yeah. Very... More of a hip adult. Like, yeah. Hip Archie. It's great. And that's an interesting point. Is the holidays comics are there. They're, would, would you call them adult comics necessarily? It's yeah, a, we always say PG thirteen. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's it's it's a bar, so yeah. you know the the tone is yeah. is obviously a little more adult. And you do have these classic holiday characters acting in ways that are not in the norm necessarily for them. You have kids. Yes. Now, have your kids read the comics? No, no. Uh, luckily, my kids are, are too young to read yet. Um, but I have had to be careful because sometimes if I. Um, have an issue that we're working on or like a, a proof copy, sure. you know, come in from the printer and it's sitting around. My son, um, you know, may, he's th- about three right now. He may be like, oh, daddy, is that a comic book? And I'll be like, oh, nope, that's no, not a comic. Nope. I'll have to go hide that. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's definitely for more of the, the audience of, of ourselves um, and our peers. I mean, um, we hoped, you know, Andrew and I both uh, hope to in the you know future work on something a little more all ages, um, yeah. you know, branching out a little bit more. You know. Well, it's funny, too, because, you know, we talk about the comics from when we were kids, you know, the Scrooge McDuck and mm-hmm. the Archies and the Ninja Turtles. I think, the, you know, the, I got back into comics and started reading, like, adult graphic novels for a while. And that was actually, I've been reading a lot of novels at the time, and I was trying to, I was basically just trying to change it up. I was like, I gotta do something that's not an end-of-the-world book by, or a Stephen King novel. Like, I gotta do something. And I got into this really dark adult graphic novel series called Scalped. It's very vague. I don't know if anyone's ever I've heard, heard of it. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty solid, but it, it was the first time in a while that I was like, oh, I, I do see that you can make a, a format that appeals to a broader generation or even a niche older generation and still find success and quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I kind of want to tie this into, this isn't a superhero comic. And I wonder if you have like any thoughts about like the difference between comics as like a storytelling art form and the superhero comics, which is what I feel like most people think of when we talk about comic books. I, I think that, you know, there's always been other types of, of comics aside from superheroes out there, but yeah. uh, for the majority of comic books history, which you're talking back to like 1930s, mm-hmm. they've been, for lack of a term, underground for the most part. They've gone under the radar, mm-hmm. in some cases really, really like indie. I mean, um, and I don't think it was until the the '90s, really, that you yeah. had like most you know most people, even the majority of comic readers, be exposed to and know that there were indie comics right. out there. And but and now, but through the internet, I mean, that's just exploded. So everybody in comic shops are more apt to pick up indie comics and things like that. So the Turtles were indie comic to start with too, and they were a dark indie comic. Yeah, I, I followed like, uh, Batman: The Dark Knight. Yeah, heels of that book. I still have that one floating around. I think I think Dark Knight Returns is one of my like I still have that floating around. Starters. That and Killing Joke. I bought yes, it at the same time. Yes. Guy at the comic bookstore. He made fun of me though when I walked in. He was like, huh, getting them both at the same time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um Well, here's the thing, and I guess I was I was thinking about this, you know, when you guys walked in, I was watching the Jessica Jones on on Netflix. It feels like there's about 30 different superhero movies coming out. And yes. one of the knocks I hear, yeah, specifically, <laughs> yeah. one of the knocks I specifically hear about like Marvel movies and DC movies now is that the comics have become sort of secondary to the movie making process, right? Like they make comics for the sake of turning them into movies. Uh, and that's not to downplay any of the fine work that some of their, their artists and writers are doing over there. I haven't read a lot of Marvel lately, so I don't know what they're doing storyline wise, but. I think you're right, though. You think I, is, I do. I really do. I, well, a lot of the big companies have bought like Marvel and DC, so that's. Hey, again, right. I think yeah. Disney yeah. owns Marvel. Disney yeah. and Warner Brothers. Yeah, Warner and then Brothers owns so, DC. I'm still waiting for that Mickey Mouse, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Give it time; they'll find a way. Won't be long. Guys, I really want to thank you for coming in. Uh, but you know, since you are Star Wars fans, I see you got predictions for Star Wars movie. Is it going to be good? Hoping so. I think I so. so. I got my ticket. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you got it already. September seventeenth. I got. I'm like that jerk who's like, I'm just going to wait two weeks. I don't want to. I don't want to like fight through crowds. Like I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, I wonder what I think it's going to do really, really well. I just well, they already said I think what thirty, fifty million already just in pre-ticket sales, something like that. You know what it is? It is I think that it seems to just from the trailers and the fact that they have the original cast back kind of evoke the um, 
the kind of daring do and like charm that the originals had that the prequels kind of lack. I'm not, I know it's fashionable to knock the prequels, and I'm not trying to do uh, that. Um, but I know that it has. I'm sure it has its audience somewhere out there. The prequels had their moments. Yes, but but for the most part, there was something. <laughs> but when you watch those originals, there was just something. Um, there was camaraderie. There there was some some jokes in there, yeah. and there was just a, the cast really sold it. The effects may not have been great when, you know, originally in the '80s when we watched them, but. Um, they were like an or, uh, organic effect, you know. They didn't rely on the CGI, and the the, the cast just really sold these yeah. incredible situations. It never seemed wooden. Yeah, I think I, you know, and I don't want to go too long. I think I, was, I watched that Godzilla movie just recently, and then I thought about I was like this movie is almost exactly like Jaws, except Jaws had interesting human characters and Godzilla didn't, and that's why Godzilla was <laughs> boring, and that's why Jaws isn't. Right? Like, exactly. And, and probably that's, why I fell asleep towards the end of Godzilla. <laughs> that's the best part. That's the best part, though. The end. Yeah, what happened? Uh, Andrew, Dave, thank you guys so much for coming in. I really appreciate thank you. it. Thank you so much, uh, man. The trade paperback is on Amazon, and uh, you can also get the digital copies of Comixology, I think, that's right? That's right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, guys, thank you guys so much. Holidays Comics on Twitter. We'll be back in just a minute. Chase, Andrew Selinski, Holidays Comics, good, good, good dudes. Indeed, great guys. Um, Kate uh, left, but she did leave us two of these tickets to the Jingle Jam. She did. She did. So now we got to figure out what we're going to do with these Jingle Jam tickets. And <clears throat> Sam, I don't know about you, but I felt like we couldn't decide how to give these away on our own. We need a third person. Yeah. And whenever it's the end of the show and we need a third person and Aaron's not here, something terrible always happens. Yep. So without further ado, Mr. Maiden Utica, the king of Utica Christmas, Justin Parkinson, <laughs> is here. Christmas, yeah. So, Justin, welcome back. I appreciate you coming on such short notice. Of course. Yeah, I had to move some things around. Oh, uh, yeah, we know how it goes. Busy travel. schedule. Like, in travel. your apartment? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> no, I know you are busy putting together those holiday boxes. I've been watching you. I saw you posting to the Instagram today, yeah. shrink wrapping these boxes. Yeah, with Mark today. People yeah. are buzzing all over. I was talking to uh, I was talking to somebody today who was very interested in them. Actually, I got to tell you about when we got off the yeah. air. I just remembered. So these tickets, what are we going to do with these guys? I was originally thinking that the best two mailbag questions, since we've been getting zero mailbag <laughs> questions, guys. Except mine, and you never... No, actually, I don't actually email you, sorry. You yeah, didn't we, actually say... A, a mailbag I, question requires you to actually send it in to me, not yell at me from downstairs, like, Sam, sports team! I, I get it. I, I, thought, I really thought that the mailbag would get us a little bit more pop, because like, there's a lot of people who talk to us on Twitter. I certainly see a lot of people favoriting, doing stuff like that, you know what I mean? But not a ton of mailbag questions. It, you know, it's intimate to send an email. Not intimate, but it's a little more... In, it, it's a hell kind of emails you send. No, it's like if you send an email, you actually have to like think about what you're going to write. Like, at Twitter, it's easy to fire off like 140 characters. Or like, meh, 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 hashtag, meh. Like, that's not like... <laughs> it doesn't take any effort. There's like low-maintenance content. That's fair. Like, if someone actually... I'm always impressed when I actually get like an earnest email from somebody that I feel like they sat down and gave thought to. That's like a, that's a, that's not intimate in the way that, you know. No, no, that is a nice thing though. It's nice. It's, and I, I got to tell you, like I've been generally, you know, I can tell when people tweet, but you're right. Like tweeting isn't as serious, but like I've had some people come up to me sometimes and say stuff about how like they listen to the show and you know, how, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I really, I love your show. I'm saying when somebody says something really nice, it really is like it's, it is you're, nice. you're taken aback. And it's the same yeah. thing. We get those emails like that. It's like, you know, oh, my God, wow. Like, you really made my day. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, guys, I wanted to, uh, wanted to talk to you about the new Rocky movie that's uh, out. Did, but did we, what are we doing with these tickets? Oh, the tickets. Here's a plan. Okay, here's what we'll do. We'll do it for these people Since people aren't going to email us for the mailbag. <laughs> no one's going to email us. For they the see that reverse psychology on air right there. Um, how about this? We will do, uh, tell me if this sounds okay to you, if anybody's got a problem with it, we won't do it. Since this is a benefit for Toys for Teens, if you tweet at us and tell us what the best gift you ever got as a teen was, 
So don't tell me like you know I got a bike when I was five, I got a Super Nintendo when I was ten. What was the best gift you ever got as like an adolescent child that you would really like? Wow, this is you know this is pretty awesome. I like having this. That's why it'll make you think a little bit, so it won't be that easy. Pretty good. Uh, Whoever tweets at us on the Unicast account before Thursday, because this event is Thursday from six to nine. Whoever tweets at us, tell the best gift that you got as a teen, and you get yourself two tickets to the Jingle Jam. Yes. Fair enough? I think yeah. that's a great idea. And we'll, we'll tweet that back out tomorrow yeah, so yeah. people can hear it. So if you didn't listen to the show immediately or whatever it might be, you can still get a chance to win. Free tickets, and all you have to do is talk about yourself. And also, also you get you get get Dan's Taco Bar and Tim Schramm's mom's banging drunken cupcakes. Those drunken cupcakes. All right, can we talk about Rocky? Yeah, we can talk about Rocky. All right, so um, I want to go see that new Rocky movie. It's in theaters Creed. Creed, yeah. It's not a Rocky movie. I was laughing because the first time you said that to me, Ryan, I said I want to go see Creed. You're like, hey, you guys want to go see Creed? And I thought you were talking about the terrible band Creed, and I figured they were playing like Turning Stone, and you were being like, that's how damaged everybody is, that I just thought you were being like snarky and ironic, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, yeah, ha, ha. No. You reminded me, that's a movie. No, no, my arms are wide open for Creed. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did I I make that worse? No. Uh, No, look, I think, um, I was thinking about it, and I said to, to Justin earlier that I want to go see Creed. I'm into it. I'm, I'm definitely trying to go see it before the it. end of this weekend. Um, and then Justin shouted something back to me about this. And he said, I don't like going to the movies. <laughs> uh, he's not. This isn't the wrongest he's ever been. It's not the rightest he's here's, ever been. Here, okay, well, here's here's my take on that because I generally, I as a regular practice, like you don't see me going to the movies once a week or whatever. Um, besides the fact that it costs nine billion dollars, but you know whatever else, um, going to the movies is in, t- in today's day and age with all the technology we have available. It's a tough sell for it to be better than me watching it at home. And I've said this to you guys a lot, and I say this all the time. The only time I generally go to the movies. If it's a movie that I'm, like, super, super, super excited, cannot wait to go see, um, like, I'll go see The Hateful Eight in theaters when that comes out, Mm -hmm. or something like that, but either that or a movie where there will be a huge benefit in the spectacle of me seeing it on the big screen. Sure. Like, I went to see Interstellar instead of waiting for it to come out, and that turned into, you know, a great, great movie, and it hit me at a great time, and I, I love that movie. But, like, I went to see that because I felt like I would benefit from seeing space on the big screen. You know what I mean? Seeing right. our space and seeing all that stuff. Yeah. So, generally, the only time I make an exception to go to the movies or I go out of my own way to go to the movies if it's something I'm really excited about or something that I think is going to be great on the big screen. But, generally, it's not the most pleasant experience. Like, those chairs are okay, but even those chairs, as roomy as they are at the marquee here up in New Hartford... I'm six feet, five inches tall. <laughs> and if I'm sitting down for two, two and a half hours, by the end, like, I'm not... It could be better. Yeah. It could be better. My main concern is that what if I don't like the movie and then I paid for it and I have to just sit there and watch oh, it? I like, can't. it's miserable. Well, I see you really about this. I've spent an hour and a half doing a lot of stuff I don't like. Yeah, but yeah. he and hates... Surrounded <laughs> by popcorn and snacks. But he, yeah. he, but he, he hates stuff more than you do. He hates oh, almost stop. everything. No. And chances it's are, if he, if, he went to, if he went to a movie with a bunch of his friends and they all liked it, you know he's going to hate it because he's contrary. Yes. And so then chances are, if he goes to a movie with all of his friends, they went because they're going to like it, so then he has to hate it whether he liked it or not. I was a like, lot of energy to be Justin Parkinson. I'd like to go to a movie that everyone hated so that he would have to defend how good it was. Right? Yes. Like, that's actually what I would prefer to do. Um, here's the thing. A, a movie like Creed specifically falls into my wheelhouse for a film that I would like to see in the theater. Right? How come? Um, one, it feels like it has the potential for like a feel-good story. There's going to be some highs and lows in it. Oh, you know it's going to feel good. It's, it's a Rocky movie. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's got... Uh, you know, I don't know if the movie's going to be critically acclaimed. I've heard it's actually done pretty well in terms of critical reviews, I think so, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I'm down to see Stallone as as the the trainer. Uh, I think I like Michael B. Jordan a lot. I think he is That's an true. excellent, excellent actor. That's true. I think I'm ready for a, a good sports movie, especially a holiday sports movie. This is a good time to see a movie. How is like this a Creed. holiday sports movie though? I mean, it's coming out during the holiday. Oh. <laughs> like I thought you meant like, I feel like this is a good Apollo movie. Creed's son was beating up Santa. Like oh, I'm like, man, that'd be a good movie. Apollo. Well, don't worry, there will be sequels. <laughs> Creed two. Well, I think this uh-huh. this Creed one has to make up for the one that they did, the very forgettable was it Rocky Six or something? Oh, like Rocky Balboa! Yeah, Rocky Balboa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, See, it was, 
Two out of three can't even come up with the right name, probably. Rocky Balboa had its heart in the right place as a film. Like, it... it I understand the movie that they wanted to make. It's just that it's hard to see Stallone. I would, I would really, I'd like to give my opinion on Rocky Balboa, but I didn't see it because I don't care, so I have no opinion. Don't care. It's fair. <laughs> Whatever, man. Like, what Rocky listen, three's I enjoy, one. okay, Rocky Four is better, but oh, here's oh. the Russian. Hulk Hogan. The yeah, Russian. And, and Mr. T. Yeah. The same and movie. Mr. T, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. But the Russian. Hey, who? Come along. Hulk Hogan uh, and Come Mr. On, T man. holds If he dies, he dies. <laughs> It's true. Rocky did end the Cold War. Rocky Three was probably a better like film, but as far as like no, well, I mean, <laughs> Rocky, outrageous. Films. <laughs> but, like you could almost I, Rocky Four is pretty out there, but I think I like it because it's out there. Yeah, well, how about this? Without I actually, I don't even like it. What, I don't. What about I don't like any of this? Without Rocky Four, you wouldn't even have the chance to talk about Creed right now because he'd still be alive because the Russian wouldn't have killed him. You should be thankful for Rocky Four. Because now you get the, I heard, the triumphant oh, story. I'll tell you what, I've heard a lot of weak arguments this weekend. I heard a lot of weak arguments on Thanksgiving talking to certain people that are at my Thanksgiving table. That might be the weakest <laughs> no, argument I've heard all You got to give Parkinson a break. <laughs> Parkinson had uh, a famo trifecta this weekend, the, the bad sports weekend. Michigan lost, New England lost. And uh, Everton lost. Yeah. So all the sports teams lost this weekend. So he's in a it's bad tough. spot. Yeah. It's a tough place to be. Um, it's not the, the yeah, life I'm yeah, used to yeah. living uh, is not being a Bills as, fan. As, as, a front runner, <laughs> as, a, as a front runner. Historic okay, sports let's, front We're going to do a little Unicast poll. If your favorite <laughs> sports teams are the Red Sox, the Patriots, and the Spurs, you're, front you're front a front runner. I'm not a front runner. Okay. You can't run in the front. No, all that time you spent in San Antonio as a child. Uh, I will go see Creed. We, um, we can go see Creed. I'm into that. I want to. I just want to ask you this. We just had a pretty deep conversation about Rocky movies. Well, we're kind of out of the like the. Why do people like Rocky movies so much? Because uh, they were on TV a lot when we were a kid. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's just the fact that that's, they were that's, 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 that's always on because they were they were huge in the cultural thing. Like it had you know certain songs that were really big, but specifically because I've never I've never put in like I've never sat down and put in a DVD or a VHS tape or you know uh, legally purchased a Rocky movie online or torrented sure. it or whatever. I've never like put one on of my own accord, but I've seen mm-hmm. all of them probably five times because oh, yeah. they were all over Always TV, on. all over TV when we were kids. Yeah, that's what we like a TNT or a TBS. Yep, like, TNT, all day TBS. You see a lot of those, yeah. and they'll do. And because there's you know like nine of them, they'll just do them in a marathon yeah, all day yeah. long. All right, uh, that was a good one, Creed. Man, we love Rocky. We love Creed. Uh, let's move on to a couple over unders here uh, before my cold medicine wears off and I fade softly into slumber. Yeah, I had a cold uh, for two months, by the way, and then I move in, well, like, a week, and then you're hit, so I'm passing it on to you. Like, right. I think I just finally got rid of it by changing my atmosphere. Uh, that doesn't sound just... like a cold. That sounds like demonic possession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, dude, I was all jacked up for, like, you know, six months, and... You made some Faustian deal. Every room, I, every room I walked into turned cold. My head was spinning. All right, so... I am walking uh, backwards down the stairs. Let's, let's move on to the... I have two more over-unders. Uh, me and Kevin went to a wedding this weekend. Uh, we had the option to bring someone with us and show yeah, we were both to. we were both offered plus ones. So uh, overrated, underrated, going to a wedding with a plus one. Um, I will say I will say completely overrated. And here's my take. Here's the reason I didn't bring a plus one. Um, I don't think I'll ever probably bring a plus one to a wedding unless I'm like also engaged to be married or like in a like a very serious long-term relationship because for me and especially this wedding we the wedding we went to this weekend was you know um one of our our closest friends uh younger sister who's close in age who's been i mean this girl's been like a little sister to me since you know i met her when she was probably 10 you know what i mean to be in like 27 now however old she is and like kristen and alex (laughs) salute yeah shout out to kristen and alex if you guys happen to be listening great time um but so I had so many friends there, and there were so many people I knew, and I know, like, her family, and I know, like, my other friends' families. Like, there were so many people there that I knew that I feel like if you bring a date to that wedding, you know, it's your responsibility to make sure that they have a good time. So if you're just bringing somebody that you're seeing who doesn't know everybody, you're going to spend the whole date kind of – I don't want to say chaperoning because that sounds condescending – but for me, I'm like, you know, this is a this is a huge wedding yeah. with with lots of people that I know, tons of my friends, tons of people I want to catch up with. I don't want to be bothered. I'd rather go by myself. That's and have a an very empty chair next uh, to me. PC version of just saying, 
you want to stay solo during a thing like that, right? Because like by even by bringing a plus one, there's got to be some sort of commitment there. If you don't have a level of like, I suppose you hang out on a routine basis. Don't even waste your plus I one. Su- just I suppose that there's, there's I suppose there's implied commitment, but by that same token, you know who I am. Unless I tell you there's a commitment there, it's not there. <laughs> you can't back your way into it. But I get what you're saying. By that same token, I spend the whole wedding. I, you know who I dance with the most at this wedding? My friend Steve's mom. Creep. We had a blast. You creep. Oh please. I danced with the uh, with the groom's mom a little bit. She was down. She was partying. The she was. Let me tell you what. You got the English fever. I did have the English fever. No, she walked in there, found one Liverpool fan as soon as they got there, and was in heaven. So excited. Look, those. I'll say this: the lovely Brits that we met this weekend. Shout out to all of them. There's so many great dudes. Those people can party. Like they, yeah, the British are a different, whole different animal. Whoa, whoa! Let me give you a couple of takes on uh, plus one. Okay, every time I've ever taken a plus one to a wedding who I was not seriously involved with, it's almost immediately preceded a precipitous downfall in that relationship. Yeah. Like uh, almost every time, and it, I think there's an implied pressure if you bring somebody to a wedding who's not, uh, especially if it's a wedding that it's you're close to. Like I brought. A plus one to a wedding with my family, like my close family. That's I should have known better. That's a lot of pressure to put yeah. on somebody. I like, actually I like to go as a plus one. No, going as a plus one is so underrated. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. If you I are agree. the plus one, yeah. if you have like any kind of if you have I any kind of social those. grace whatsoever, where you can walk in and just like make friends and have a good time, oh, it's a blast. Yeah. You know what my brother does? My brother and his boys do, and I've heard of some other people doing it, but my brother's done it more than a couple occasions. They'll just bring one of their bros. <laughs> and they'll just be like, yeah, you know, I'm going to this wedding. Oh, it'd be a lot of fun if my boy Mikey was with me, so we're bringing Mikey to the wedding. It's crazy. <laughs> you got to bring someone who's going to give a gift, though, right? Someone who's reliable enough to at least throw, like, 40 bucks. Not if you're a plus one. I, I don't do, No way. No way. That's why you're never going to be my plus one. Mark. That's fine. Why would I bring you in? We only throw you $40 for to asking To cover the plate of food that you're going to eat. That's what that the money's for. That's on the plate. Yeah, it's no, it's not. It's for that's, taking that's, me out as a date, basically. That's the, I'm no. not paid. We're not going Dutch as a plus one. <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous. No, you're actually right about that. That is ridiculous. If you, if you, if you take somebody uh, as a plus one, it's not their responsibility to split the bill on the gift <laughs> with somebody they don't know. Like, yeah. I understand cover the plate, but by the same token, you know, that's that. You arm take that on as a wedding. Thing. I'm arm candy when I'm a plus oh, one. Jesus. And that's worth the price of admission right there. They'll just be lucky if they yeah. get you in there without sweatpants on. <laughs> arm candy. <laughs> Chest cavity, hang out with you long enough. All right, uh, let's move on. Going as a plus one underrated, bringing the plus one highly. (laughs) So let's move on. I have one more for you. Uh, Yesterday, in our in our recovery from this long three to four day weekend, depending on who you were, uh, we played a game of Monopoly, an old school game of Monopoly on the table, and it got me thinking about playing board games. Overrated, underrated, playing board games with real human beings in the room. Underrated. Underrated. There's a lot of junk board games out there. Like board games is such a broad term. It's like overrated, underrated TV shows. <laughs> well, some of them are good, some of them are bad. Um, but yeah, no, playing board. Like I had a lot of fun playing board games with actual people sitting around. And but I'll tell you what, Monopoly, Monopoly will turn a bunch of friends into vicious, bitter, lifelong enemies real quick. I don't have time for people who won't do deals. I'll just put that out there. I think Monopoly. Well, board games. Yesterday's Monopoly was overrated. A lot of luck Because you lost. Listen, I was second place. You, you, you were that's second. A, that's okay. <laughs> Look, let's be real. I dominated that game of Monopoly <laughs> like a juggernaut. I ran through that game like a boss. And you know why? Because it's, it's pretty much luck. I, I got yeah. a lot of good lucky rolls. Um, I like, nice. but I like I like card games more than board games. So I like the concept of playing like a four person game or something like that. But it's, it's, under, it's underrated games. to sit around and do something with your friends. <laughs> yeah, too often, you not really though, because too often now people will just be like, oh, anything let's, competitive against your friends. Let's, on top of that too. That's but like people are like, oh, let's put on this show or this movie or just look at this TV, and that's what ends up happening nine times out of ten. And it was nice to like. I mean, there was a game on in the background. We were watching, you know, the Bills get beat by whoever beat them this week, but like. You know, it was nice to have everybody doing that. It was it was different. So I say underrated. 
We should do more board games. Yeah, you find out who your real friends are. I'll tell we you should that play much. a game of Clue that's not <laughs> licensed to a terrible television show. Yeah. That would be... The one game that I won, you're trying to downplay it as if the victory was I like a B-League victory or something. Dude, I sort. can't support any game of Clue that's licensed to like Gilmore Girls or whatever show <laughs> was it? Supernatural. Look Super- at it right now. <laughs> Supernatural Clue featuring the stars of the mega-hit Supernatural yeah, that I've yeah. never heard of. I, yeah. think, I think Jesse did it in the Pacific Northwest with the Demon Tab. I don't even I think oh, okay. the first blade in my butt. Get out of here. This is a dumb game. <laughs> Stupid game. I thought, it was, game. I thought it was a good uh, game. I enjoyed you it. You thought that was a good game because you won. Well, very, very specific to your nature. You like things that favor you. And also you cheated because you're a dirty cheat. You oh, did cheat. Um, yeah. I will reveal this. During Monopoly yesterday, I stole $100 from you and you didn't even notice. <laughs> didn't see it because I dominated. Oh, I got and that's why in the whole game, we were like, Park, you can't be the banker, man. There's no chance for letting you be the banker. You're like, why? Him. I won't do anything. And you immediately stole money. <laughs> right in front of him. Uh, guys, guys, guys I've, I've had, had it. <laughs> my, my body's breaking down. Guys, thanks. Thank you to Justin Parkinson. Thank you to Catherine Riley. Thank you to Dave Delachase and Andrew Selitsky. Um, I'll do better next week, guys. <laughs> so sick. I'm We're so sick. sick. <laughs> <laughs>